This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio, 1123. Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. <laughs> Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here with co-host Dan Reese for this week's By the Numbers. 
looking back at the Falcons game, probably looking forward at that Steelers game and certainly was on tap for the Ravens uh, the rest of the season. Dan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Kind of enjoyed the win and uh, really excited that they were able to clinch the, the playoffs. So that's uh, that's pretty great considering, you know, all the stuff that's been going on. So. Yeah, it sure is. Good Christmas with your folks, and yeah, yeah, it was good. It was uh, pretty low key, but definitely, uh, definitely had a nice time. How about you? All right, uh, yeah, no, no problems at all. We're, we're going through a little surgery thing with Maureen that has laid her up for a couple of days, but it's kind of the perfect time for it. Other than the off season would have been better, but uh, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Nothing serious, folks. I don't want to get people worried about Maureen. She's got little, good. little foot surgery. Uh, anyway, we want to talk about by the numbers, but we have to introduce our sponsor first, which is Liquid Death the water that will brutally murder your thirst. Please give their product a try. They've been very good to us and uh, they have a, a delicious lime seltzer flavor I'd recommend. So Dan, let's uh, let's see who's starting it off. You're starting it off this week, right? Yep, yep. All right, my first two numbers are 0% and 26.3%. Uh, 0% was the uh, Atlanta's red zone uh, success this week. The Ravens defense held Atlanta uh, 0 for 4 in the red zone this week. Despite uh, what we had talked about last week on, on our episode, that Atlanta's offense had previously scored on 60.98% of the red zone trips, which was ninth best. Um, you know, the the red zone defense for Baltimore has just been been lights out this uh, this year, and especially since Week Nine uh, when Roquan joined, uh, this 0 for 4 improved their red zone defensive overall. Um, percentage uh since week nine to 26.3 percent uh that's first by a mile the the second uh second best is buffalo and minnesota both at 40.7 percent so is that for the season for those teams no for the same period so week Hmm. nine yep yep so it's pretty amazing that uh over that period they've been they've been 14 percent better than than anyone else so so 26.3 percent for a game I mean, they were one for four allowed in this game, and I think the five for nineteen makes sense for twenty six point three percent. But the but the is it points over potential points? So it'd be like eight out of twenty eight or something. Is that how you got there? No, it's it's, it's just pure. Um, it's touchdown versus non touchdown. So it's just uh, it's just um, okay. One for four, of, right? Yeah. So I think it was, uh, if I remember correctly, I think it was nineteen. Um, right. If I think it's trip. five. Five over nineteen would be twenty six point three. So, five so, over nine. so, yeah. so since week nine, I think they've they've um, had nineteen. When they're on defense, there's been nineteen trips to the the red zone, on, on which they've allowed only five touchdowns. So very impressive. Yeah, great stat. And the the median for the league for this year for the whole year is at fifty three point three three percent. I noticed that. So you expect a little bit of variation maybe on that. But if you're saying even since week nine the best other team is at 40. That shows you there's really not that much variation. You know, yeah. you know it's, this yeah. is like how many 400 hitters do you have in April? You should have some, right? So uh, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a really terrific thing. If I look at the Ravens in terms of the character of their team, I think it makes a lot of sense. Obviously the Ravens defensively are going to get better as they get close to the goal line because it de-emphasizes the coverage responsibilities of their linebackers, which I think is a good thing. I think that's a good thing for a lot of teams, but also de-emphasize the coverage responsibility and makes the the responsibilities easier for a player like Hamilton, who brings you a lot out of the slot corner position, but is much more effective 
in the short area coverage responsibilities near the goal line. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's talk about another number. I have it's 2,490 and 83. The Ravens now have 2,490 rushing yards on the season. Fairly incredibly, that's the 83rd highest total of the Super Bowl era. It is the 66th highest total of the 16-plus game era. Um, and if you project forward a little bit and give them 300 more total yards over the next two games, that might be reasonable. Um, they would jump into the top 20 all time and the top 10 of the 16 plus game era. Uh, and the Ravens, of course, are number one and number three on that list at 3296 and 3071 in 2020, but 3296 in 2019. I, I kind of assume everybody knows that at this point. Um, it's incredible though. This, this team is almost certainly going to be led by Lamar Jackson in rushing based on the news this day. And we'll talk about this a little later. I think 764 yards is probably going to be the leading rushing total for the Ravens during the regular season. Uh, That assumes Lamar won't play again. And no one else on the team has more than 427 yards, but they have three running backs. Dobbins at 427, Drake at 422, and Edwards at 415. In very close proximity to each other. And if I look back at the uh, the team, the Ravens broke the rushing record for, which was the 78 Patriots. They had a similar situation. A leading rusher on the team had about 800. They had a bunch of guys, you know, trailing in there above about 350 plus yards uh, that, that, that added a lot to their uh, to the totals. I think overall, though, it's a tribute to a very fine year of offensive line play and very good run scheme. I think has to be credited, particularly in the period where they've had Jackson absent. They've still been running the ball effectively. Yeah, those are. It's it's pretty interesting for sure that that Lamar uh, is going to be leading the team despite being out for a number of weeks. But I think uh, I guess this, the same can be said for for the running backs. You know that they've kind of been in a a forced rotation of sorts uh, for the season. Um, though you know, it, it presumably J.K. and Gus will both get over 500 yards this season, so that's pretty pretty solid. Um, and, and kind of exciting considering where we started the season off. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like you said, it's, it really is a, a, a tribute to, to the O-line play and, and the kind of the scheme to see, um, you know, so much success kind of spread across the board. So, you know, another, would, go ahead. I, I'm just going to say, it would be interesting to see if there's ever been a team that's had three 500 yard running backs in a season. I know there's been teams that have had like two 1000 yard guys, but I, I really, I really question if that might have ever happened. I'm, I'm going to try and look that up with the available tools on uh, on Stathead to see if we've got that. Yeah, it's definitely a, an interesting scenario for sure. So, all right, um, uh, my next number, kind of going along with the the, the rushing numbers, is four point seven five and seventy two point seven percent. Uh, 4.75 is the rush yards over expected per attempt for Gus Edwards in, in week 16. It was the second highest uh, for this week. Um, and 72.7% is the percentage of rush attempts with rush yards over expected greater than zero. So, uh, you know, in week 16 for him, which was the highest in week 16 um, by, again, a, a considerable margin. The second highest in week 16 was 58.3%, uh, which had three three players tied, uh, including J.K. Dobbins. Um, just kind of for reference, 72.7% uh, 
is the seventh best weekly percentage of rush yards over expected of greater than zero in, in 2022. So, you know, that's, uh, that, that's pretty impressive to, um, to be gaining more than expected on, on about three out of four yard, uh, three out of four of your runs. So uh, just a really great performance this week for, for Gus uh, 52 out of his 99 yards were, uh, rush yards over expected. So, you know, not just, um, you know, not just, you know, great holes provided by the O-line, but also just really hard running and, uh, you know, just a, a great overall performance by him this week. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at that. I'm kind of wondering how that, let's, let's look at the rush yards over expected for a second, because you got 52 of 99 yards. He had 11 carries. So 52 over 11, where I take that is, four and, and a remainder of eight, so 4.727 I make it, um, yards expected per carry. That seems very high, and that's done at the handoff. So it's, I, I don't know if you if you could compare that number, the 4.7 for the Ravens, because that's kind of a measure of scheme and where players are positioned at the handoff. I wonder if you if you have anything like that for either the team or maybe a few other leading players or anything. Really, that'd be kind of cool to, to – uh, to look at oh he was the second highest um for the week 16 the 4.75 was so uh no that's 4.75 over expected so i'm saying how much of that was the expected at the handoff because it's the 52 i'm sorry 52 is 99 so it really means it's, it's, right. i'm sorry i said it wrong 47 of his yards were pre were were, were expectation yards mm-hmm so if I if I take forty seven over eleven, I get four point two seven. It's still impressive. I'm still impressed that you know a, a number like that happens. I'm kind of wondering around the league what it uh, what that number. I guess that number should trend to the overall yards per carry, shouldn't it? If the model uh, yeah, is doing it right, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Okay, so maybe that's not that impressive. Expected. You know, okay. I think it, it's still good. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's a, uh, um, but but yeah, it, it's it's probably a. A little bit above average, since um, my guess on the yards per carry is probably between three and four, but that's just a guess. So, all right, all right, very good. So my turn, right? Yep. Let's let's move on. We will do. Uh, let's do the four point eight three and two point five three. There were four point eight three roughing the passer penalties per team in two thousand twenty one uh, per game in two thousand twenty one per team per game, that should be. And 2.53, roughing the passer penalties per team per game in 2022. This is a feel-good stat about the NFL, as far as I'm concerned. Definitely a feel-good stat for the Ravens that roughing the passer penalties are down as much as they are because the Ravens have certainly been a team in the past that's that's been flagged for that a lot. And I think it's an improvement to the game to take out roughing the passer penalties, which just infuriate everybody. Uh, in terms of uh, particularly when they're when they're over officiated, um, so there's a 44 percent decrease in the per game rate of RTP calls, and that includes an adjustment for 16 versus 15 games played. It's actually it would have been 17 versus 15 games played in 21, 22. Okay, so I made the wrong adjustment, but it's a it's a <laughs> it's a uh, uh, a solid decrease in the uh, over 40 percent in the per game rate of RTP calls. Um, the Ravens, in fact, the last four years have been one of the defenses that's been really called for a lot. In 2022, um, they're ninth 
still with three flags. So they've still been above average, even though they, they, they flags are down all over the league. 2021, they had four, which was tied for 19th. So that was a good year. 2020, they had nine, second in the entire NFL. And 2019, they had 11, first in the NFL. And when you look at the player responsible for that, Purdell McPhee had five of the roughly the passers between 2019 and 21, which was 21% of the team's total during that period. Seems seems high. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was uh, 21% of the team's sacks uh, during that period. Good point. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it, it's one thing if, you know, if it's just uh, – a matter of timing and, and you're right there for sacks, but I, I I think he wasn't getting, we weren't getting the payoff. I don't think for the, the punishment, but uh, that's really interesting to see that the numbers had dropped because I, I recall, you know, early in the season, that was such a storyline for a number of, um, you know, very questionable and sig- significant uh, roughing the passer penalties. So it, it's, it's good to see that the league kind of, recognized where where things stood on people's opinions of that uh and, and kind of adjusted so uh you know that, that's good to, good to see and and definitely um you know i think it's well it's great to see that the ravens numbers have decreased so significantly and uh, i think as you mentioned it's good to see across the league uh due to kind of the over officiating so one more comment about this before we pass on actually it, it is a decrease of um 47.6%. It's actually more than 44 because they, they played 17 games last year. So 47.6% reduction in um, uh, roughing the passer calls, uh, even when you uh, adjust for games. Gotcha. Great. All right. Um, so my next numbers uh, is 1.21. And I know we've, we've talked about this a number of times on this show and, and on uh, you've done similarly on, on some of your shows, but I wanted to point this out. 1.21 was the average number of wide receivers per snap in week 16 for the Ravens. Uh, it was 63 wide receiver snaps, 52 plays uh, by my count, which the 1.21 was the lowest average number of wide receivers per snap in five years worth of data that I was able to look at on uh, NFL reader. By now, you're probably noticing that there's strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, that's because it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. Why is it called Liquid Death? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans help bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of their profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. By now, you probably know how much I love Liquid Death. Well, every week I tell you about a different way I've used Liquid Death to mess with people. This week it was taking a cooler full of Liquid Death to the softball game. Because as our team chugged down Liquid Death, our play improved while the other team drank other stuff and maybe got a little sloppy out on the field. So take Liquid Death. The other team has no clue what you're doing. Or take it to work. We've talked about that many times. Drag it around to your friends at school. Maybe the carpool lane. Maybe we'll talk about the carpool lane next week. Just take Liquid Death. Enjoy it. It's ice cold water. You're going to have a great time and fun. Go get Liquid Death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven or find Liquid Death retailers near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash film study. That's liquiddeath.com slash film study. It, it, which is just, you know, astounding. Mm-hmm. And the second lowest was one point. 
4-2, which was Baltimore in week 14. Um, and just kind of uh, to kind of put those two numbers in, in comparison, on 52 plays, the difference between 1.42 and 1.21 is another 11 snaps of, of wide receiver play. So a significant difference. Um, tw- the 2022 Baltimore Ravens have six out of the lowest 10 games uh, in the last 10 in the last five years of, uh, of data for the, the wide receiver snaps. Um, and just looking at 2022, they have the lowest nine games and 11 out of the lowest 12 games. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's just unbelievable what they're doing with personnel groupings um, relative to what the, the rest of the league is doing. Um, this last game, they had 11 snaps with two wide receivers and zero snaps with three wide receivers. Um, and I think crazy. I don't. I don't see it changing. I think it's going to continue uh, the rest of the season. And um, you know, so far it's been working decently well. So. I, I had a slight difference. I had two point eighty three of the heavies per play. Mm-hmm. And if you've got a running, oh no, no, that could still be cool because I think they went two snaps without a running back. So that probably expl- explains it exactly. About fifty total snaps, two snaps with no running back at all would would exactly explain that because it's point oh four. Per per uh, you know per play for the game, that's I'm glad to hear somebody else touting these numbers because I feeling like I got given shouting all year <laughs> on the pods every week literally about about the number of heavies per play. It did reach the all time high this week, and and it's very interesting to see that that's an all time individual game high. I, I think I would have not predicted that necessarily, or not not been sure that that was true. I know in the last ten, sorry, this uh, six years. There hasn't been any any offense nearly as heavy in terms of the heavies per play, or which, or you can look at that as wide receivers per play light um, on those. Uh, the, the Vikings of, of 2019 being that the, the close team, but this has got to be decades in a relative sense, like relative to the league average number of wide receivers per play. What percentage of the 2022 Ravens have had? I guarantee you, that's got to be the lowest percentage in. It might be four decades. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, yeah. It might be any time during the 16-game schedule. Uh, absolutely shocking number. Yeah. It, I can't imagine there's many times when you have the same team has the lowest nine you know, nine yes. games in the same season. It's just – and it's going to be more by this time of the end of the season gets here. So uh, it, it's pretty amazing for sure what, what they're doing um, personnel-wise relative to what the league is doing. It's just uh, – it's very interesting for sure. Let's project forward a little bit because, you know, this team's playoff future is an interesting one, obviously. It has something to do with the return of Lamar Jackson would would change things. And normally, if Lamar was out there, I'd say, you know, good weather is good. High wind is bad for for a team uh, like the Ravens, who who I don't think Lamar has been as good in, in high wind situations in particular. I think that's actually been a, been a factor in some of the playoff losses. Buffalo and Tennessee both, I, w- I would point to that. How do you feel about this team with Tyler Huntley going to Buffalo and playing a snow game, say? Wouldn't that actually be good? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think defenses can get it any more compacted. So, uh, you know, whether it's wind or not, um, you know, they're already playing so tight. I, I can't imagine that, um, you know, wet weather would drastically change what, what they're doing. Um, so, yeah, you know, limiting – the weather would be a bigger limiting factor for the other defenses for or other offenses, for sure. Yeah. You no, know, I think it, it may be a bigger impact to teams like the chiefs 
Uh, I think Josh Allen, his his arm is just so like <laughs> he's just got a cannon. So I'm not sure whether it really impacts him too much. But um, but I, I do think that uh, it it could it could help the Ravens for sure in their um, you know the fact that they've just completely gone to the run game and still had pretty solid success. Yeah, I mean they're, they're a point of attack run run team. I, I, I you know where I, I would normally say they would have maybe a 25 percent chance to beat Buffalo at home, maybe a little bit less than that, maybe 22, 23% to beat Buffalo at home ma- makes them an eight or a nine point dog. Okay. Um, it, it is, is so that might be reasonable I, I, for, for that. If they're, if they play in the kind of snow that we've seen on all the news reports from Buffalo this last week, I, I got to think they'd have a 40% chance, 44% chance to beat that team there uh, based on who they are. Yeah, I think, you could definitely see something like that for sure. So, all right, all right. So let's see. That was cool. Let's let's come up with the next one here, which is twenty nine point fifty nine and twenty seven point ninety nine. The Ravens have averaged twenty nine point five nine seconds per play, the fifth most in two in two thousand twenty two. So that's how long they take to get to the line of scrimmage. I don't exactly know when it's measured from because the drive and pace stats table did not have an explanation that went with it on football outsiders, but that's where I got it. So the NFL average is 27.99 seconds. It's only 1.6 seconds slower that the Ravens are, which doesn't seem on the surface to be that much, but the entire range is only from 25.21 to 30.15 Tennessee at 25.21 and and, uh, sorry at Tampa Bay at 25.21 and Tennessee at 30.15. Now here's where it gets weird. The Ravens are the fourth fastest team to run plays with a lead of seven plus. Now, why would that be? Because you figure that, you know, you'd want to have a uh, a much longer time to snap under those circumstances. You want to eat more clock. Uh, Roman has even talked about it, which is obviously not a very good thing for him to say in the, in the light of the actual facts. Um, but it's if you look at second half and and with the lead type variations in time per play, you get a lot more variation than the 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 five seconds or so from the fastest to the slowest. In the so this really lends credence to the notion that the Ravens are really having trouble getting their play calls in and getting them in the huddle. And and unfortunately, I think it might be a function of passing plays that they're more complex in order to make the calls for. Whereas a run play is fairly simple, you know, you got the line call, you got the you got the 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 lineup for the receivers, you got the scheme you want to run. You got you, 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 I would think you would have less on a run play, and they're able to get those plays in quicker is what that's telling me. So it tells me the Ravens' real problem is getting pass plays into the huddle quickly. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder if you have any any feel for how often the Ravens. Uh, have two plays called in the huddle. I know, you know, some, some teams do that, um, you know, so that they can kind of react to the defense. But, um, you know, I would think that that would also be a, a scenario where you're more often doing that when during kind of neutral or, you know, either, either neutral win, pers- win probability or down uh, versus when you're in the lead. Um, yeah, but, probably uh, true. Yeah. But I, I wonder, you know, so, but that's that's definitely interesting to see see the discrepancy and the the fact that it does not align with uh, with Roman's kind of logic behind uh, 
you know, the, the later play calls. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, frustrating for sure, I, I would say, but, uh, but interesting nonetheless. Um, but this is, it's, it's to, to the snap, right? Not to when you get lined up. Right. I, I assume it's to the snap. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think it's to the snap. Okay. So yeah. it's, it would be, it's, it's 40 or 35. Now it's 40, right? As soon as they spot the ball. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so I think this is, this is 29.59 seconds out of 40 that they use. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I guess one interesting part of the, the equation is like, you know, how much of that is when you're comfortable on the line using motion and things like that and kind of you're deciding when to snap the ball versus mm-hmm. due to the kind of the late um late huddle break but either way you know i, I think it's been an interesting storyline and it's interesting the fact that it's kind of disappeared over the last couple of weeks maybe um you know because of more straightforward play calling uh better communication i'm not sure what the reason but it has definitely been interesting to see uh that that storyline lesson over the last couple of weeks so all right, I will jump into my next numbers. Um, uh, 0.255 and 0.15. Um, 0.255 is the EPA allowed uh, by the Baltimore defense in the last two minutes of either half. Uh, when you're on defense, a positive EPA is bad. So 0.255, um, a quarter of a point per play uh, is, is extremely bad. A worst in the NFL, a 0.25. 208 is, is second worst with Cleveland. Um, and one of the kind of interesting things is, you know, across the board, we've seen since week nine with Roquan joining, the defensive numbers have, have drastically improved. Um, but 0.15 is the EPA per play since week nine, which uh, is better, but still not great. Um, it's still, it's 14th worst. Um, it's, it's very interesting to, when, when I looked at the numbers, there are, wide uh, variation between since week nine versus uh, for the full season on, on kind of uh, the last two minutes. Um, but, uh, but still 14th worst um, still, it's it's just an area where they need to figure it out. I'm not really sure why they've struggled so much in the last two minutes, but uh, just allowing a lot of, um, you know, a lot of quick drives at the end of the half or, or the, or the end of the game um, just uh whether it's playing too conservatively uh, as a reaction to last year with Wink, uh, kind of going to the opposite side of, of the coin uh, from what he did, but I'm not sure what it is, but, uh, but it's definitely something I think that they're going to need to figure out um, uh, before kind of uh, the game with Cincinnati in the playoffs for sure. Well, it, it does maybe speak to what's going on here, but there, there are a couple of con- um control numbers we need here to really understand this. And the first would be what's the EPA per play across the league, all plays. And it is a positive number, I believe, right? It's because it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't figure out to be the, a, a, a zero, for example. Uh, probably not, probably a little bit above zero uh, in recent years, since it's kind of a historical average. Okay. So it's uh, a trendy, it's- if, if offense was trending to be better, you would it get would generally positive EPAs. Positive. Okay. Correct. Yep. Which is why I think it'd be above zero. So. Okay. And then the other question was in the last two minutes of the half, is there a different number? Because I would not expect that necessarily be the same as the game as a whole. Obviously you're trying to play fast, fast, may be more effective, 
And if you're judging it relative to all plays and comparing it to the last two minutes, you may actually be in a situation where you might be more likely to get three, but you're likely more likely to get something than you are. And there's other situations the last two minutes of a half where the defense is, is actually incented to allow yards, but not allow touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, especially when you're looking at the the second, the last two minutes of the, of the game, right. Mm-hmm. When you're up by more 30. than, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So, so that looking at EPA for the, the, um, for Q4 can absolutely be, be a little bit misleading, um, versus looking at something like win probability, but, um, but, but comparing it to kind of just across the league, um, you know, seeing that it's the worst in the NFL f- for the last two minutes across the league, kind of, you know, even without knowing what the average is, you can still see relative. It, it's, you know, it, it's not where you want to be. And, and knowing that the Ravens haven't been in many blowout games, I, I don't think the Q4 is really a, an excuse for them either. So, um, unfortunately, I do think that the the number is pretty true for them that it, that they're they're really struggling uh, quite a bit in these last two minutes. So, yeah, there's there's a uh, I'll just plug a podcast that's out there right now on the website. Uh, Cole Phillip, who did a short uh, on the four minute offense, it's basically look at the same thing. And he didn't have EPA per play, but he had it in some points per drive and some other stats there. That that's actually did a really nice job on. It. I was happy to have him on, but uh, it's still out there. It's probably one of the last ten to twelve pods that's been posted uh let's see my turn right yep. so talk about shotgun percentage right now 89.1 percent for the baltimore ravens this year versus a league average of 65.5 percent now we've known the ravens you know like to run their offense out of shotgun and there, there are multiple reasons for it one is it gives them the mesh point option of doing things what it really takes away is the option to maximize the value of the tight ends using play action. So the Ravens have to use a different type of play action uh, while running out of shotgun. Uh, they can go to the mesh point, but that really uh, has been something they've been loath to do, to go to the mesh point, then bring it out. They don't, and many teams don't like true RPO throws because you, you, you like to have an option between two runs, but to have an option between run and pass often ends up with your your linemen being illegally downfield. And so you, you kind of want to try and avoid that uh, that risk there of having your play negated. So I, I think it would make sense for the Ravens to try more, and probably particularly with Huntley, of the traditional turn-your-back play action you do under center to try and freeze some linebackers, get some options to throw between level two and three to the tight ends where a lot of their weapons are. Uh, you know, likely Andrews and, you know, all of the other guys who make up 2.83, you know, heavies <laughs> per play are, are there, uh, you know, it, it would seem to make more sense to, to try and do that. But uh, uh, we'll see if that, if that makes sense. It is a difficulty for some quarterbacks to reacquire the field and, and then figure out again where they need to go with the ball after making reads. It's, you know, Rogers and, and a lot of the, Quarterbacks have been around forever, Brady, and, and are really good with play action. They do it because they know where everybody's going to be right as they come out of their break. And, and some quarterbacks just don't have that same feel. Yeah, sorry to put you on the spot, but do you happen to have – is it any different for for uh, uh, Huntley versus Jackson? Has it been – have we seen any change? 
I do not have that for anything other than the full year. Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to put you, sorry, no, no, sorry to put you on the spot, but I've done um, a few like four times on the show already. <laughs> it seems fair, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. It is something we've seen, you know, I think with the offense and it's, it's something that I, I think, um, you know, people had kind of been hoping to see more of, um, you know, this year. But so I do, I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, it's such a high percentage, um, despite the fact that I, I don't know that we've been running that much um, the mesh concept as, as much this year. So uh, as in years past, so um, it's interesting that the shotgun percentage is still so high. Yeah. So you're saying there's not, there's not too many read option plays for the quarterback. There's fewer of them this year. I would agree with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. My last number is a look ahead number. Uh, 78.9% and 68.3%. Uh 78.9% in in week 14 uh the Steelers played 11, against the the Ravens. The Steelers played 11 personnel on 78.9% of the snaps, which is a a very high high number. That would be third highest in the NFL if it was on a season uh basis. Um uh However, the EPA on those 11 personnel snaps was negative 0.0175 on the snaps, uh, primarily driven by, by the three interceptions. Um, but on the, the other three personnel groups that they ran, uh, 12 personnel for 10 snaps and then 22 and 23, one snap each, uh, they, they had positive EPA uh, on average for those, those personnel groups. So... Uh, kind of an interesting um, split. The fact that they were successful, more successful on the uh, the the personnel groups that they ran less often. Um, Sixty-eight point three percent is the percentage of eleven personnel snaps uh, when Kenny Pickett has been in. Um, similarly, they've got a, a negative EPA on those snaps, negative zero point two eight six, primarily driven by eight interceptions for him. Um, and again, positive EPA on 12 personnel, uh, which was 22% of his snaps. So it, it'll be really interesting to see if they come out in heavy 11 personnel again. Um, my guess is yes, uh, especially if uh, Peters is out, um, which uh, I think he was out today. So we'll see how he, um, you know, how the rest of the week goes. But, um, you know, I, I think Stevens played well, but I definitely um it's not ideal to face uh, a team that can put out 11 personnel on 80% of the snaps, um, you know, without, without kind of concern uh, on their end. So I think it'll be interesting to see whether they go 11 personnel or 12 personnel, which I think they're actually better at, Um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's their strength or kind of our weakness at this point. Yeah, so that's that's, uh, really interesting because I I did the Know Your Foe episode this week, and one of the things Alex Kazora said was that he didn't really believe that the the Steelers would deviate much from the 12 personnel that they like to play. But I just look back at week 14, and they completed four out of four balls. It was only 30 yards, but it was, you know, made four to four completions to basically a slot receiver Sims in that game. And so it seems like a logical stretch that they they would like the matchups they got and they would like them more now that Peters is out 
you know, given the, the, the fact that they've got another. But I would think that they'd probably want to try and go after Hamilton some in this game. They'd probably definitely want to go after Stevens some in this game. And I'd really be surprised if they didn't maintain the, uh, you know, a similar amount of 11 than they than they did in Pittsburgh, even with the, the failures with Trubisky last time around. Yeah, I I would imagine a a high percentage of 11 personnel this week is, is what I would, I would think they'll go at, um, you know, but uh, we'll just hope, hope that they uh, have the interception issues that they've had in the past. So, uh, cause I think that'll be key. All right. I'll get to kind of in, in some ways, what's the most important and the most depressing number for the Ravens right now is 10. That's the number of consecutive practices missed by Lamar Jackson at this point. Um, with the news of his miss, the Ravens' current playoff position, meaning the fact that they've they've clinched and you know have some outside chance to to certainly be the three seed, but not a, and maybe not even that terrible, but it's but it's it's going to be challenging. And maybe more importantly is the tenor of Harbaugh's comments today. Not sure if you've heard it, Dan. I, I wondered if you'd want to re-handicap this with me. And now we've got four possibilities. He could return in week seventeen. He could return in week eighteen. He could return in the playoffs or he could return in 2023. Okay. How are you dividing up the 100% into those four categories? Yeah, it was 0% this week. Um, uh, I don't think he's, he's going to play next week. uh, 25%. I'll go 25% playoffs and 50%. Not that all this year. Okay, so you have 0, 25, 25, and 50. Yep. Okay, and I have 0, 20, 20, and 60. So unfortunately, we're in lockstep on that. Um, uh, I, I think there is a chance still. I'm hoping there's still a chance that he'll return for week 18. I don't know what to make of all the news, and I hate to speculate. It's the kind of thing I just hate to get involved with when I don't really have any intimate knowledge of what's going on in the trainer's room and mm-hmm. and, and what's going on. I, I'd, I'd like to think. That he's that he's uh, you know trying to make it back in in the way you'd expect him to, but the the tenor that Harbaugh had today was it was like we're just trying to coach the players who are here. It's just one of the worst things I've ever heard in terms of if he if he if he intended to depress. There's hardly anything else he could have said that would have been worse than that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't uh, wasn't wasn't encouraging for sure. Um, you know, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that you know with this being what his fourth week out is that right um that uh you know even if he comes back next week to practice there's no guarantee he plays so you know it it's not infrequent where you need a week of practice of limited practice before you can actually play so um you know, so that that's I really would have liked to see, you know, limited practice this week in order to then be able to play week eighteen. That's why I'm just I'm not confident with the you know the 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 ramp up time that that's going to be necessary. Uh, you know how quickly he'll be able to be back. So uh, that's kind of the the part that make, makes me push out even even further on, on what when I think he'll be able to be, uh, come back. So Now, uh, uh, Tyler Huntley has not played well, so we're not going to pretend like, like he's great or anything. But if the Ravens were to win these next two games, B. 
beat Pittsburgh, and then beat Cincinnati to take the division, which is, boy, would that be something if they did. And, and Huntley would have to do some things right in order for that to happen. I don't think the defense can do it alone in, in, in two games like that. So he's, he's he, at the very least, he's going to have to avoid a lot of serious mistakes that cost him significant points because there's no way that defense can make up for that. If if he were to do that, and then he'd be four and one as a starter this year, and I guess one and zero oh as a reliever, right? Right. Because yeah, so so he'd be five and one if you if you want to think of it that way. Um, and and Jackson then says, "I'm back and ready for the playoffs." Do you think there's anything, any part of Harbaugh? that would say, tell you what, we're going to start Huntley and we'll have you on the bench if things don't go well. Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, Good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, unless Huntley does a lot more than just game manages, which I don't see that happening, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think, a light would have to go on, you know, pretty quickly, uh, and, and him do a lot more than game managing in order for that that thought to be, um, you know, one that I think Harbo would, would consider. So, it would be a big red light going on, certainly for Jackson's value in whatever sense, whether it's his contract for next year, whether it's his trade value, what, however you want to describe value. Mm-hmm. Um, if if he's on the bench for a playoff game, um, that's that would not be a good sign of of the future in Baltimore, I don't think. Right. And I think that's something to keep in mind is that regardless of what happens, the Ravens, it is in the Ravens best interest to keep Jackson's value high. Yes. No matter what they have planned, they want his value to be as high as possible. So, um, you know, keep in, keep that in mind whenever, whatever you hear from the Ravens perspective. So, yeah. All right, Dan, always a pleasure to talk football with you. Tell folks where they can find you online, talk football with you. Yeah, you can uh, reach out on Twitter. It's it's DP Reese and then the number eight. Uh, happy to talk Ravens. Uh, excited excited for the playoff push here. And uh, you know, just reach out. All right, outstanding. Other folks out there, if you want to do a film study short, hit me up on Twitter with a DM. They're always open. Please uh, offer this pod up to anyone else who might not be listening to it. We'd love to... Uh, get that pause. If you want to write a review and on any of, on any of the large uh, podcast platforms, please feel free to do that as well. Your uh, help the show out if you do. Uh, Dan, thanks again. Yeah, my pleasure. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.